Hello and welcome to episode number 47 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about symbols. What kind of symbols? Well, the kind that make people pissed and make them start firing off things like racist and all that kind of good stuff without having really a shred of evidence to back any of that up. But that doesn't matter in our new outrage culture that we've been living in. The example that I'm using for today's show is something that started as a Facebook post, which I guess we figure now that's where everything starts. In this case, it started as a Facebook post, but then became national news. And we have people being interviewed and the insanity that goes along with a media circus. And this all started because of a Facebook post by a guy named Rob Mathis, who is a black man, while house hunting with his wife in the Muskegon, Michigan area. And let me just read to you what he posted on Facebook, and we can kind of break this down a little bit and try to figure out exactly who gets to be in charge of what means what to who. Mr. Mathis wrote, Today we were looking at a house in Holton that we both agreed would be perfect, so we meet our realtor to see the house. It's beautiful. As we are walking to the house, I'm seeing Confederate flags on the walls, the dining room table, and even the garage. I'm thinking to myself, as a joke, I'm walking to the Imperial Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan's house right now. So to my surprise, as I walk into the bedroom, there's an application for the Ku Klux Klan in a frame on the wall. And this home is an officer of the Muskegon Police Department. Obviously, he means this house belongs to an officer of the Muskegon Police Department. I immediately stopped my walkthrough and informed the realtor that I'm not writing an offer on this home and I'm leaving now. I feel sick to my stomach knowing that I walked to the home of one of the most racist people in Muskegon hiding behind his uniform and possibly harassing people of color and different nationalities. I've thought about this for a few hours now, and I thought I would share with you a picture of the application on the wall. To the officer, I know who you are, and I will be looking at resources to expose your prejudice. As for now, pictures speak a thousand words. I mean, this sounds really horrible on what he's saying here but when you look at the picture and there's a few things we want to break down to this i mean i guess first let's start with the confederate flags because that's where he started and majority of these were in a nascar themed garage which if you've ever followed nascar and i have the confederate flag has not been far from nascar for a long time it's been a symbol that's been used over the years And I don't necessarily think that is a racist symbol. I know everybody that is the popular thing right now is that if it's a Confederate flag, it's racist. On the dining room table, there was something that looked really old underneath something in the middle of the table that looked like maybe that was the Confederate flag. It was hard to tell, but you could see like the stars at the edges. So maybe it was. I I couldn't really tell with that. But a majority of the stuff he's talking about looked to be NASCAR memorabilia. And I mean, let's understand there were states in the union that still feature the Confederate flag as part of their states up until, you know, the last year or so. There may even still be some, although I doubt it, because, again, we're living in the outrage culture that these kind of things just wouldn't be able to stand for more than five minutes after somebody got offended by the 
inappropriate nature of a historical flag of any shape or form. With that said, of course, facebag users took to the offensive, which is where things really start getting offensive for me, including posting a picture of his teenage daughter wearing a t-shirt that featured the Confederate flag. Again, obvious must be just a total load of racist because anybody at all, I mean, we can agree maybe that everybody that would stand up for the Confederate flag at this point must just be a horrible racist white supremacist, but we'll figure out more on that later. The KKK application on the wall, none of the news stories, and I read every one that I can find on this little idiotic incident, and there were quite a few including national publications, that none of them mentioned the fact that if you looked at the picture of this Klu Klux Klan application, I mean, it was great. We can get an application. We can send it in the mail. Does the Klu Klux Klan, don't they have a website? I don't know. But you know why? When you look at the document itself, and if you remember back in the day when people were so, didn't want to write anything out because it was so laborious that they would fill in a few of the numbers. And in the case of the Ku Klux Klan membership application, the first three digits of the year were already filled in when it was printed. And those three digits were 192, which means this was printed in the 1920s. So, historical document, highly doubt it's still being used. And I'm pretty sure that it wasn't an application for this police officer to actually join the Ku Klux Klan, considering he's like 40 years old or so, because I don't think that, uh, I don't think he was around in the 1920s. This wasn't in his room. It looked like it was in a bedroom that was otherwise decorated. It looked like very old things in it. So I don't know if he ever had a, you know, grandfather, father, somebody living with them. Somebody else that had used that room, whatever it was, maybe that's why it was there. But obviously, the symbolism of having a framed Ku Klux Klan application from the 1920s must mean that you're a raving racist, right? There's no other explanation of that whatsoever. And as of yet, we don't have an explanation from the police officer. He talked to the media and said, while the police department is investigating, and of course they are, because this is what happens in the social media world. Somebody posts something on Facebook, a police officer gets suspended from their job pending a review. And in this case, maybe okay, because we're dealing with something that is such a hot button topic as racism. But his wife had talked to the media as well, saying we can't say anything. It's under investigation. But no, my husband's not a member of the Ku Klux Klan. And I think when you hear the story, Everything will be easy to understand what's going on. When we get that, we'll certainly let you know. But I can see that this doesn't appear to be a case of the guy being a member of the Ku Klux Klan, although a lot of these media, liberal leaning media, want to push it off in that direction. A lot of the people responding on Facebook, of course, want to push it off in that direction. The guy that walked through the house and his wife. And the guy that walked through the house was black. His wife is Hispanic. They want the police officer to lose his job, obviously, because how could you be policing when you're an obvious racist? 
And that's something we got to look into. That's what I want to find out. It's like, what do you think about symbols? Who gets to decide what a symbol means? And if you have a different idea of what a symbol means, how does that work in today's outrage culture? It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you can't know what's in everybody's heart. You can't know what's in everybody's mind. So any little thing now could be sending you down the path to being a horrible racist person. You might not even know it. You might just have the wrong thing at the wrong time. I mean, I grew up watching NASCAR races. I grew up watching the television show that featured Bo and Luke Duke and, of course, Daisy Duke. And she was the best part of the episode. So let's all be honest about it. The Dukes of Hazard theme song by Waylon Jennings and the General Lee, the car, the great Dodge orange race car type thing that the Duke boys drove around. Had a big Confederate flag on the roof, and it was called, called the General Lee. And if you need to figure out who that is, you don't know who that is, you really need to go back and do a little bit more history. But the Confederate flag's right there at the top of the General Lee. And I remember owning quite a few toy General Lees as a kid because, you know, you, when you watch the Dukes of Hazard, they did some crazy crap with those cars. I mean, they go flying in the air. Somehow the car always makes it without a scratch, but my toys didn't always make it without a scratch. So sometimes you had to get more and more, which is exactly what they did on the TV show. There wasn't just one. They had one that did the nice, easy driving and a bunch that they decided to jump over stuff and, and do the crazy stunt work. But growing up as a kid and even looking back now, I wouldn't see that General Lee as being a sign or symbol of racism. I certainly as a kid never thought of them, the General Lee cards that I was playing with or the ones I was seeing on TV as being a symbol of racism. Not all things are going to mean the same thing to everyone and that is absolutely okay. You know, and you don't need people going crazy about this. Stuff. I mean, really, people went and found pictures of this guy's kid and then posted them on Facebook. That's scary stuff, folks. This is the outrage culture. This is what happens when you have politicians like anti-Maxine Waters saying to go out and confront people in public. This is where the violence starts. This is where the hatred brews. And it seems that everybody wanting to really stoke the flames are the ones pointing at everybody else because i guess that is the, the easier way to go but having something around like that a kkk application i'm curious i'd like to know i'm really do want to know what the cop story is but i could see where it might be a symbol of hope and not hate if you will one of my mom's cousins we talked about her a little bit before had passed away last february and she was more like a grandmother to my wife and I. And we were cleaning out our house one, one day. We were helping her out with some stuff. And my wife went into the refrigerator and there was a pack of cigarettes in the crisper drawer. And my wife's like, okay, Rita, what's this all about? What do you got a pack of cigarettes in here? Never knew her to smoke for as long as we could remember. And she pulled out, you know, she got a big smile on her face and she pulled out the date. And it was like sometime in 1989, 1990, if I remember correctly. And she's like, 3.15 p.m. on July 5th, 1989 was the last cigarette I ever had. So the question became, then what are these here for? Why are these sitting in, especially in your refrigerator? I don't know. Does having cigarettes in your refrigerator keep them fresher? I'm not sure. They were a symbol to her 
not to smoke. She kept them around for whatever reason it was as a symbol of not to smoke. And she could tell you to the day when she stopped smoking decades earlier. And I don't think anybody else would look at a pack of cigarettes and be like, oh, well, this is obviously a symbol for me not to smoke. I mean, most people maybe would think the other way around. But to her, that's what these things symbolized. And who are you to argue? Who am I to argue? That's that makes absolutely no sense. What something means to somebody else is up to them. As my buddy Ryan Bemrose, who I do a podcast with called Grumpy Old Benz, has pointed out on a few topics we've been talking about. You don't get to decide and you have no control over what people are offended by. Unfortunately, we're living in a society where people are offended now by the craziest shit and it's starting to cause major problems. This is the insanity when the snowflake mentality gets out there and people forget that sticks and stones and that whole thing and they start getting absolutely insane because this guy has some NASCAR memorabilia on his walls, along with a Ku Klux Klan document from the 1920s that obviously he should be fired. And obviously his family and he should be the scorn of national media while this is investigated. I don't know. I think when I was a kid, we didn't have social media. So that was a big, big plus. But the national media would not have touched this story until an investigation was done. The fact that these kind of things are being reported before an investigation has been completed, before this guy could even give a response because he is a police officer and cannot comment until the investigation is complete, you're helping to stoke the hate rather than help it. And that's the irony of this. And it really is a, it's just a sad state of affairs because nobody is winning in this case. I have to really question the guy that walked through the house, Rob Mathis, because I watch a couple of these interviews with him. And at one point he's like, I was just getting sick to my stomach. I'd like touch doorknobs in the guy's house. And I just couldn't believe it. It's like, really? Now, who's sounding like the racist at this particular point? I mean, even if you found out this guy's like the grand wizard of the KKK, because you touched his doorknobs, you're getting sick to your stomach. I mean, come on. The snowflake mentality is bad enough. And this is a guy that was in the United States military. I'm sorry. If touching somebody bad's doorknob gets you that fucked up, you probably shouldn't be going out in public and you probably shouldn't have been in the military because I'm guessing maybe you had to deal with some bad people when you were defending this country. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for your service. I just don't understand how this story snowballed to this point over a document from the 1920s until we hear this police officer's explanation now asking for an explanation i'm okay with you know somebody's a cop you walk into their house i get it you see a thing on the wall that says klu klux klan although i would have really front loaded that story with a yellowing document from the 1920s but you know that's how the media goes today maybe Because the 1920s, this guy's around my age or so. My parents were born in like the 40s. So I'm guessing that this would be the guy's maybe great grandfather would have been around in the 1920s. Maybe this was a symbol that his great grandfather got the application. This was not filled in. Maybe his great grandfather got the application 
thought about it, and then decided, no, you know what? I don't want to be a racist douchebag. And he framed it like my mom's cousin with her pack of cigarettes and decided to keep this around as a symbol to not be a racist douchebag. Again, we need to find out things before making judgment on people. It makes things a lot better if you can actually get proof and evidence before passing judgment. The whole system works out a whole lot better when you do it that way. I mentioned before, maybe it was on a grumpy old Ben's episode, that my dad's family has a Nazi flag that was captured and then signed by all the members of the unit that captured it. And what does that what does that symbolize then? Does that symbolize is that glorifying the Third Reich? No. It's doing the exact opposite. It's glorifying the fact that these guys went and captured this flag and did their job in support of freedom and democracy. So who gets to decide this kind of stuff? Unfortunately, we're letting social media do it. We're letting outrage do it and we're letting people with very few brain cells obviously try to decide and make decisions that well of course he's got a he's got a confederate flag obviously he must be a racist what doesn't help is that 10 years ago this cop was involved in a shooting which happened to be with the black guy and the black guy died the evidence of this whole thing came down to the cop's face was smashed in i mean there's pictures of this on the internet but i don't think anybody on the left really wants to see this the cop's face was smashed in and he defended himself. At least this is what he was found in a court of law. He was found that this was self-defense. It was a rightful shoot. Unfortunately, the guy that ran from him and then allegedly beat him up, the court of law said they were believing the, what the cops said. But of course, this is what the left is leading with at this point with, we need to look at everything he's done and look at this in a different light. Really, maybe we should find out the <laughs> why he has the KKK thing from the 1920s first and get that story before we start opening up cases, everything he's worked on for the last 20 years as a police officer. It's like, I'm sorry, but Facebook wants you to believe that everybody that doesn't believe the Confederate flag is nothing more than a symbol of racism. Racism is just a complete idiot. And that's what led me down the rabbit hole Well, to go find out who this guy was. Because I remember reading a news story a couple of years back about a black African-American activist who dressed up as a Southern soldier and carried the Confederate flag around. And this is a guy named H.K. Edgerton. He was born in February of 1948. He's an activist for the Southern Heritage uh, and an African-American member of the Sons of Confederate Veterans, often given a prominent place at rallies for the Confederate flag. He is a former president of the Asheville, North Carolina chapter of the NAACP. So obviously, this guy must be a horrible, horrible racist against black people. He was the head of a chapter of the NAACP, and he's on the board of the Southern Legal Resource Center. He goes to events tries to push his position that the confederate flag is not about racism he's done things he in 2009 he walked from north carolina to washington dc to try to get official u.s government recognition of the confederate battle flag as a symbol of southern heritage 
Uh, he's also walked in 2002 from North Carolina to Texas to build awareness of Southern heritage. I'm pretty sure that's where I originally remember seeing the story of this guy. A very interesting story. I suggest you go look him up, but I'm going to play you the audio from a video where he talks about these things, the Confederate flag, and just give you his point of view. I think it's a very interesting thing as the other side of the coin from a black guy seeing these Confederate flags and going, well, obviously you're a bunch of racist scum to a black gentleman who is not only defending the flag, but going after the people that are attacking it. It's an interesting viewpoint, and I thought it was worthy of playing for you on this. So here you go. This is HK Edgerton. Uh, I apologize for the music in the background. That's the way it is when I found it on the YouTube video, but I hope you can understand and hear everything he's saying, because I think it's important to hear a different viewpoint on this whole thing. I'm a Southerner, first of all. Uh, as you know, I'm a former president of the NAACP in the city of Asheville, North Carolina. After I read some of the letters from my babies on how they were losing their First Amendment rights at the schoolhouse and how people were using implied immunity to, to stop them from wearing their little Dixie outfit or t-shirts. A lot of them crying out to help from the Southern Legal Resource Center. And surprisingly for me, a great deal of those babies that were crying out for help were black babies. The whole institution of slavery has been blamed solely on, on, on Christian white folks in the South and the whole world acts as though it didn't participate and the whole world did participate. You know, black folks and white folks in the South and of America, we've been family in lieu of slavery for a long time. For me, the victory didn't come with, with, with Moss Lee over there at Appomattox Courthouse for, the, for those folks. In the hearts and minds of us, that thing still was there, the love for the Southland of America. So the only way, basically, that we could do this thing is to dumb down the people and grab black folks and divide and separate them down in the South. How are you going to separate Confederate history and Southern history from black folks? But they don't talk about Levi Carnine, uh, Reverend Mike Lee, Hope Collier, John Edgerton. They don't talk about these folks because I mean, these are black heroes who, 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 who fought very bravely. Reverend McLee said, bodyguard to the Honorable General Robert E. Lee, he told his people, after he educated himself with the money that General Lee had given him, keep your faith in God, buy you some land, get yourself educated, and beyond all else, put your faith and trust in the white man in the South, no other, because he knew what was in the hearts and minds of Southern people. These folks talked about Nathan Bedford Forrest. Well, if it don't be for Nathan Bedford Forrest and that original Ku Klux Klan, I'm not talking about what happened after Nathan Bedford Forrest. Many of us Southerners, red, yellow, black, and white, would be just like the dinosaur around here in the South of America, extinct. And people don't understand that. They just say Ku Klux Klan, and all of a sudden, they gather these images of my flag, and white men standing around beating and hanging and whipping black folks. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Thaddeus Stevens and his boys found out how successful that the Klan was at defending Southern folks, red, yellow, black, and white. So what did they do? They started sending their boys down here and dressing up like the Klan and committed terror in the South. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, Nathan Bethel understood this thing. He told his men, men, let's just come home. Let's go home and forget about this thing. And I'll tell you something. From all the accounts of, of, of what you do find, there was not a single man who looked like me 
that wouldn't have given his life for Nathan Bedford Forrest. Trained cadre of black folks on plantations all across the South End of America, made all the implements of war, stayed at home, all, provided all the foodstuffs. Uh, many went off to fight in the war, gloriously. In the 77 cities that I marched through when I walked to Texas, there was not one town that somebody did not come with a black Confederate hero. When my great-great-grandmama Hattie Edgerton stood on those shores in 1788 on her way to the Honorable T.R. Edgerton family in Relevant County, North Carolina, I'm so glad she didn't get left behind. Those Africans didn't like us then, they don't like us now. The only people that ever showed any love for us, those same white folks in those cotton fields and corn fields that we live side by side call ourselves family. And I'm not here defending the institution of slavery because slavery was bad when Jesus Christ walked on earth. It's part of man's inhumanity to man. There's a resolve in those children, much like their grandfathers that, that, that we see buried around here. Uh, they want to know. And now they have these things called computers. These babies start plucking in these things and these teachers can't get away with that stuff they used to get away with uh, about, you know, our ancestors were demonic. I am so very, very proud of my heritage and my ancestry. God, in his infinite wisdom, could have sent my grandmama someplace else as a slave. But he sent her to the greatest country. He sent her to the Southland of America. It hadn't been for that white master said, said, come in here, sit down, John. They burned out all our property. Our money is no good. All the animals are gone. But we family. Let's work together to make this thing survive and work again. And they did. They did. So some really interesting stuff there, including saying that you need the dumbing down of people to kind of pull the wool over their eyes to get these things to take root in a culture. And it's really interesting to hear him talk about one, the flag, the Confederate flag, which is obviously something he doesn't find to be racist because he still flies it today. He still advocates for it today. And also to hear him talk even about the early KKK back in the time of the Civil War. Or it doesn't even sound like he thought that was all that bad. So it's an interesting thing. A lot of really bizarre stuff if you're not into the history, and I'm not in it enough. But this is a guy that studied it. This is an African American. This is a guy that seems to have done a lot of homework. So at the very least, it's making me interested to go do a little bit more homework to find out a little bit more and try not to look at things in a very simplistic manner because there were. A lot of people from the South, and they have a heritage that was symbolized by that flag. It does not symbolize just one thing. You may want it to, and it may be something that helps your narrative, and that may be something that's pushing for something in today's political climate, which was all bullshit anyway, but you don't get the right to tell somebody what they have to believe something means. You don't have the right to tell somebody that because they have a confederate flag that they're a racist you don't even have the right to tell somebody because they have a 1920s kkk application on their wall again you don't know what that symbolizes to them because the cop would have to be a total idiot and maybe he is and maybe we'll find out that he is but when you're selling your house if you've ever done that and i have you understand that people are going to walk through your house and see what's on the walls so usually if you're trying to hide something the best thing you wouldn't want to leave it up and i don't have the same 
reaction. I don't come to the same conclusion as the gentleman and his family that walked through and decided that this cop was a racist and must be fired, that it was a symbol to them that he didn't want them buying his house. I don't believe that. That's taking things absolutely way too far. And you are now more part of the problem to, from what I can tell than any kind of solution. Let's, let's find out, I guess, what happens when this thing is investigated, but I don't really see what more there is to it more than the guy has a historical document on his wall. He has 20 years in the service of the police department and there was one shooting at what else? So why, why hasn't he been killing a lot of black people? I don't get it. He's a total racist. He must be stopped. This is the outrage culture, folks. This is not good for America. This is not good for anybody's blood pressure, for anybody's sanity. It's time to just wake the hell up and realize that almost nothing in this world is black or white. There's a lot of shades of gray, and sometimes you need to know a lot more before making a judgment. Of course, H.K. Edgerton is going to be totally discredited by the leftist media because uh, he said he was a supporter of Donald Trump. So orange man bad, just to let you know, African-American dresses up as a Confederate soldier, advocates for the Confederate flag. He must just be a total racist. I don't know how that works, but that is just the insanity of the world we live in today. I hope you like this little history lesson slash news of insanity going on when people go shopping for houses and see things they don't like on the walls and then go on to Facebook to try to publicly shame and call people racist because that's completely a legitimate thing to do today. Somebody he's never met the guy. He sees a couple things on the guy's wall. And of course, that means he's a racist. That's the new world we live in. I hope nobody owns anything that might be considered a bad symbol of anything or this kind of stuff can happen to you. I hope you like what you've been hearing here on the Random Thoughts podcast. If you do, do me a favor and go over to randomthoughts.com and subscribe using one of those buttons on Android, Apple, whatever you're using. Hey, you could even get an email every time a new show drops so you don't miss a single one. If you really like what we're doing, we work on the value for value model. You can find the little donate button on the website. And of course, you can always follow us on Twitter at Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L, and at Random Podcast, R-A-N-D-U-M-B Podcast, where you can get in touch with us there. Or if you want to use the old-fashioned email, you can go to randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.